There are definitely some new faces out here, which is great. So a little bit of an introduction. Uh, Omar Vasquez and my, Le my wife, Leanne. Uh, this year we'll be married for 37 years. Right. Yes. We have, we have two grown uh, kids, uh, my son Omar, uh, who's a dentist. He has three girls, and my daughter, Stephanie, has a nine-year-old boy. So we have four grandchildren, which is the best part of being married for a long time. Do we have any grandparents out here? Are we the only ones? Raise your hands. Okay. Four. Wow. Congratulations. I want to do a quick survey here to get a, like a layout of, of what we have here, who, who we're speaking to. If you've been married for two years or less, please stand. Two years or less. Amen. Congratulations. You, you guys are in the honeymoon stage definitely, right? We'll call you the kindergarten class. <laughs> Have a seat. Five years or less. If you've been married for five years or less, please stand. Awesome. Still, still honeymoon stage. We'll call you guys grade school, okay? You guys are like in fifth grade, roughly sixth grade. Ten years. Ten years or less. If you've been married for ten years or less, please stand. Excellent. This is our high school. This is our senior 11th, maybe 11th, 12th grade class. 20 years. We're getting here into the veterans. 20 years married or less. Ah, yes. Go ahead. Give them an applause. Give them an applause. They deserve it. This is our, our college graduates. Let's skip to 30 years. If you've been married for 30 years or less... Wow, I, I was not. This, this is our doctorate class. This is the PhDs, the MBAs. I wasn't expecting this many, so we're going to have to go a little higher. Sit down. <laughs> You're making it hard for me. Okay, 35 years married or less. We're going to go by fives now. If you've been married for 35, okay, we have... One couple in the back. Excellent. Let's see if you, if you guys are going to be the winners or not. We're going to skip to 40 years married or less. If you've been married for 40 years or less. Oh. Okay. Let's see if you guys are going to win the prize. We're going to keep going. 41 years. 42 years. 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48. Oh, my. Stand up. How many years, Richie? 48. You win. Anybody over 48 before I hand out the prize to the wrong, right? If you've been married for more than 48 years, you definitely an accomplishment. There you go, Pastor Richie. You certainly deserve that. Cable wants to kill me. So first of all, congratulations to all of you simply because you are married. How many know that in the times that we live, people don't want to get married anymore? It is seen as a, as a liability. It is seen as an obstacle. And in the spirit of rebellion that we are experiencing nowadays in the culture that we live, marriage is under attack. 
from the, unfortunately, from the presidents on down to public schools, Christianity and anything that has to do with Christianity or doing things God's way is under attack. So you are part of a peculiar people, like the Bible says, right? We are, God's people are peculiar people. So I, I congratulate you for the simple fact that you have taken a step to do what God wants us to do. And I encourage you to promote marriage in whatever circle you work in, in whatever atmosphere you find yourselves in and out of church, I, I suggest that you promote marriage as God's way to do things. Joey and Suleika asked us to share the, uh, this uh, for this workshop on how to keep the marriage, I don't know what the word, uh, fresh or fun. Uh, he titled it, you know, still honeymooning. And I'm going to go ahead and, and try to share about that. But before we get into those little specifics, God put a couple of principles that I think are really important for us to uh, grasp so that those little things that we want to do to keep the marriage going actually work. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this afternoon for this time together. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us, that we might grasp what you want us to know this afternoon so that our marriages might reflect what you truly intended in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Like I said, I want to share a couple of things with you that I think are foundational so that when we do speak about the other things, uh, they'll actually work. Uh, because if you think about it, you know, we could talk about date nights. We could talk about going out on vacations. Um, we could talk about buying gifts and flowers and all those things. But the truth is that those things are also done by people that don't have Christ, uh, families that aren't Christians, that don't go to church. That's not something exclusive to us. And we do, obviously, some of those same things. But statistics show that the divorce rate in the church is not much different than the divorce rate of people that are not attending a Christian church that don't find themselves with the knowledge that we're supposed to have. So what is the difference? You know, what is going to make us different from that? Because truly all those things are meaningless. We could do all those things and it will be meaningless unless we understand what God intended for the role of the husband and the wife to be. And it's not the same role. Uh, stand up a second, Leanne. You can see that Leanne and I, God created us differently, physically and mentally. Um, she does not look like me, right? Thank God, right? Uh, I started out this journey with, with hair, you see? She, she looks the same. She hasn't changed. Her hair's the same, you know, same everything. I gained, you know, 40 pounds. She looks the same. So have a seat. So God created us differently. Physically and mentally. And it's simply because although we have the same value under God's eyes, we were created with a different purpose and a different responsibility. It's not the same. Let me put it to you this way. Let's say that marriage is a chicken soup, right? Some of you that are good cooks out there, name me some ingredients in a chicken soup. Obviously. <laughs> a lot of smart people here. Carrots. Potatoes, pasta, that's a Cuban, yeah? Cuban right there for sure. A chicken soup has lots of things in it. But if you take the chicken out of a chicken soup, you can no longer call it a chicken soup. Call it what you want, vegetable soup, whatever. But a chicken soup has to have chicken in it. And a Christian marriage has to have 
what God intended for the man and woman to understand what their roles are for it to function as a Christian marriage. Because if you don't have that, you can call it anything you want, but it's not going to be a Christian marriage. It's going to be anything but that. And I, what I hope today is that we understand what that chicken is in our chicken soup, in our marriage, so that all those other ingredients that we can toss in there will actually be a benefit. Because without God's blessing, without the man understanding why he was, why he was created and what his purpose is, and the woman understanding why she was created after man and what her purpose is, you got no chicken. We're going to share just this afternoon just a couple of Bible verses. I hope at the end to have a little bit of time for questions and answers. Because so far we haven't had, you know, you guys haven't had the opportunity to ask any questions. And uh, maybe we'll be able to do that at the end today. Genesis 2.18, for those of you that have your Bible, we're going to read Genesis 2.18. I know everybody uses their phone nowadays, right? Gen uh, it says, Then God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. Now realize that God had just spent six days creating everything. He had just spent six days creating the land and the seas and the skies, right? The oceans. He put the birds in the skies. He put the fish in the sea. He put animals on, on land. Put the moon where it goes, the sun. And he created man. And he was giving man responsibility and dominion over everything that he created. He was telling him to name the animals. And he went, is, is in the midst of this when he says, wait, this is a lot for this guy. As we all know, men are single-minded, right? Single-tracked. We can only do one thing at a time. God realized he needs help. You know, us men, like Bishop likes to say, we are single-engine airplanes. You know, one direction, one engine. You know, don't, don't mess with us. We can't, we can't multifunction. So God created the Starship Enterprise. He said, he need, you know, we need somebody that can multitask to help this guy, right? He, and also, he can't be alone. So let's read that one more time. What was his intention? It says, I will make him a helper and a slave. Right? Is that, no? It doesn't say that? Of course it doesn't say that, because like I said, the woman is of equal value and of worth in front of God's eyes. He made you a partner. The difference is not in value or in worth. The difference is in assignment. Women, let's take a second and look at your man right now. I want you to look at your man in his eyes. And let's repeat these words so that we never forgive, forget them. Say to him, I am not your slave. I am your partner. And I will help you as you serve God and your family to complete the mission that God has sent before us in the name of Jesus. And don't you forget it. A kiss is appropriate at the end of that. So God put the man to sleep and he snatched the rib out of him. And he made that fine, smoking hot wife that you have next to you. How many men say amen to that? 
right? God did it perfection when you didn't deserve it. In God's mercies. Second verse, and, and these are a doozy, you're going to see. Ephesians chapter 5, start at verse 22. Now realize, we just jumped from Genesis 2 to Ephesians. Over the whole Old Testament, jumped over the part where Jesus is born in a manger. He sets out on his assignment. He completes his assignment. He's crucified, right? He's buried. He rises from the dead, right? And then we're in the time where the early churches start, right? And churches are starting in different parts. And Paul is writing letters, right? Paul being kind of like the chief guy at this time. And he's writing letters to, to the different churches. Uh, this is probably 60 years A.D., right? 60 years roughly after Christ has died. And those that are a lot smarter than me say that probably Paul at this time found himself in the area of Rome and he was probably in prison when he was writing this letter to the Ephesians. Let's read. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. I don't know if you realize it, but these four verses are super packed with information, with assignments and responsibilities. It establishes some order, right? It speaks about Christ being the head of the church. It speaks about um, the wife being subject to the husband. We can find in other places in the Bible and even in the, in, the, in the commandments that the children are to be subject to the parents. So it establishes some order. And it speaks about responsibility also. And that's where it really gets specific. Let's read the last verse one more time because that verse you could read it and, pretty, and sometimes not catch the, the severity of the responsibility placed in that verse, the, the immensity of, of the responsibility. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Do you, got, do you men understand what that means? What did Christ do for the church? Christ left perfection, paradise, his throne, to be born in a manger for the church. Christ lived a life from beginning of, to the end of sacrifice and of not thinking of his own needs or wants to the day he died. He, he says himself that he did not have a place to lay his head. When he needed transportation or a mule or a donkey, he had to borrow one because he didn't have one. Some people I've heard say, oh, Jesus was homeless. Yeah, I don't agree. Homeless people are homeless because of circumstances in their lives that caused them to be homeless, maybe some irresponsibilities. Jesus chose not to have a home because he had no time for a home. He had no regard for what his needs might be. He didn't want to stay in one place because his only preoccupation was to serve 
the church. His only assignment, his only thought was, not what do I need? What does the church need? And from his first miracle of turning water into wine, which was giving out something that was needed by that, by that time, turning, you know, multiplying fish, healing, blessing, everything was for the church. Everything was to build the church, teach the church, prepare the church. His life in its entirety was a sacrifice. Down to being tortured, down to being crucified. You know, that's why I was, I was laughing when Francis was saying, hey, just get another job. <laughs> right? I agree with that. I, I, don't want, I don't like men that whine. You're, you know, in this culture, we're taught the opposite. That men deserve their man cave. That men deserve their toys. That men deserve this. That men deserve that. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, if you have a, your toy, I'm not downing you. But that is not your assignment. Your assignment is to sacrifice, to work, to provide, to teach, to help your family. To serve God as an, an extension of your love for God and your service for God, you serve your family. And that is the assignment of the man. This culture is so twisted that when that they, for many years now, have turned these things upside down. They will say that when you read that a woman is subject to the husband, that her assignment is to be the partner and helper of the husband, they will tell you that you're being put down, that you're seen as less. Such a lie. Who has the better assignment? The man's role is to live his life and lay it down for his wife, for God. And the wife's role is to help the man serve her and serve God. Who's the slave now? <laughs> Think about it. The man was built to handle the stress and to handle the responsibility. I started with hair. <laughs> Look, that, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a teja, like the Cubans say. My wife has it all still. Look. Why? Because I shoulder the burden. I don't put it on her. I only have one job right now. But I had my, my season... Where, and don't get me wrong, I still work a lot. I'm a police officer, but I work 70 hours a week, commonly. But I'm not, you know, I don't whine to my wife. I'm telling you, no. I sometimes get up, I sometimes get home at midnight, and at five o'clock in the morning, I'm back out the door. And I do the same thing again the next day. God built us for that. There's a lot of pills at my age to keep us going. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> my wife has a lot of shoes like Javier's wife. <laughs> I sometimes open the kitchen cabinet and there's a pair of shoes. I'm like, what the heck? In the kitchen? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
Let's not let the world switch the truths on us. Many women in this world go around thinking that Christianity gave them the short end of the stick. It's a lie. Because the devil twists everything in God's word to make it the opposite of what it's supposed to be. That's his job. But it's our job to share the truth. It's our job to show the world that our wives have a smile on their faces. And everybody knows my wife always has, I don't. People tell me, why don't you smile? I'm tired. <laughs> my wife is smiling. That means I'm doing my job, okay? You want to see a smile? Go look at her. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm doing what I got to do. What are you doing? Take her to jail. No, I'm kidding. Unfortunately, I just mentioned my, my, my occupation and the things I see in my occupation, and there's another officer back here that can vouch for that, there's, and we have a, another retired one around here somewhere, uh, is the destruction of the home. Is the devil's work. I see it on a daily basis. And it's, and it's women and men. I take plenty of women to jail. It's on both sides that the devil comes to steal to destroy and to lie. Don't buy the lie, women. Don't think that you're for one second less in the eyes of God than your husband. In fact, he loves you so much that he put the burden on the man and, just, and gave you a virtuous job of helping that man in the mission that you both have before you, which is both to serve God in gladness and in joy. Men, every area of the home is your responsibility. There is no area that escapes you. And there is no area where your wife can't help you. So it's up to you to lead. And what I mean by that is lead in every area of your home. And share with your wife those areas in which you need help. That speaks to communication, which for a lot of us is difficult. Um, known not only by a guy that doesn't smile enough, but by a guy that doesn't talk a lot. And that's an area that I have to work on with my wife, you know, to communicate. If we don't communicate with our wives, how do they know what area to help us in? We take things for granted. We expect them to be uh, telepathists, you know, to understand. We need to communicate. We are responsible for every area of our lives. There is no area that you could point to your wife in and say, this area is out of whack and it's your fault. No, it's your fault because you're responsible for every area of your life and your wife will help you in that area if you know how to communicate. So we need to understand these roles in our lives. The women need to understand their role as designed by God. And this is not something that I'm, I'm coming up with. Please understand that I, it comes from the Bible, right? This is God's design. If, if man understands his role as the leader of his home, as a responsible person to, to be like Christ was to the church, and the woman can understand their role, then they have to move to accepting it. Because understanding and knowing it puts you on the same level as the devil. The devil knows it. The devil knows the Bible better than we do. Understanding is not enough. We have to accept it. And after you accept it, embrace it. Embrace it. What does embracing something mean? It means that you love it. Fall in love with the role that God gave you because just knowing it, you could still be inside, you know, rebellious, right? 
You can still be inside not really wanting to fulfill it. You're not going to fulfill anything that you don't love. Learn your role as a man. Learn your role as a woman and embrace it. Love it. Understand it. Walk in it. And that way you will enjoy it. You will do it with a smile on your face because nobody wants to come home to a woman. The house is clean. The You know, whatever it is that, that, that you guys worked out that she's going to do, but she has a frown on her face. Mm. Right? That's, that's, that's not going to be the testimony that you want. So know it. Have the knowledge. Accept it and embrace it. When you embrace it, that brings peace. That brings peace between the both of you because you both know what your assignment before God is. And you're both happy about it. You're not doing it, be, you know, with a grudge. Women, in what areas is it that it says that you are to help your husbands? Because some women say, well, I'll do this, but not that. You know, I, I wasn't built for that. What does it say? It says everything. Why can't I find it? It says help your husband in everything. There's nothing that women can't be involved in. Women are built to multitask and to, they're probably smarter than we are. Some men say, no, the finances, you know, don't worry about it. That's, you know, I'll let you know what, what, if there's an issue. No, that's not true. Include your wife in everything. What you are not in agreement with will never have a blessing. Bishop Joaquin said something that I always try to remember. He says he doesn't do anything or move forward or anything unless there's, a, a, there's agreement between him and his wife. And I think that that's, you know, that's, that's, an, that's excellent. Include your wife in every area of your marriage and accept help in every area of your marriage. There's no exclusions there, none at all. So I believe that that is the chicken in the chicken soup. Because if we don't understand what our roles are and if we don't accept them and embrace them, all this other stuff that we can do to make fun, you know, to keep the honeymoon going and all that is the same thing the world is doing. We go to the same restaurants, we buy the same flowers, right? We go on the same vacations. The difference is Jesus Christ in your marriage. The difference is understanding, accepting, and embracing the God-given role that you have as a man and you have as a woman. If you can do that, you, the rest is on autopilot. The rest is on autopilot. You, you, in fact, there are many places in the world where they can't go on vacation. They can't buy flowers. Go to Venezuela right now and try that. I mean, there are a million places I can name, you know. Go to Turkey right now and try that. Go to Cuba and try that. Go to Africa and try that. I can name, you know. There are places where those things just don't happen. All you have is God and your spouse. And there, the same thing applies. If they know their roles, if they embrace their roles, and they're walking in what God designed them to walk, they will have a successful marriage without any of the toys, without any of the flowers, without any of the vacations. Or you can go to the richest part of the country here, and they have everything in abundance. I used to patrol an area called High Pines. All the houses there are $3 million, $4 million, $6 million. And I Baker acted a lot of people out of there because they were going out of their minds with a crappy marriage. They would beg me to take their children to jail just so that they could have one night of peace in the house. What is the difference? Jesus Christ is the difference. Understanding our roles, 
as men and women and embracing them and walking in them together as a couple. I think we covered the chicken. Let's cover the vegetables. You guys can help me out on this. What are some of the things that we can do together as a couple? And let me just say this first. Some of the things that me and my wife do are free. They don't involve money. And they happen to be some of the things that we enjoy the most. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about this. I want to hear from you guys now. You're all staring at me. <laughs> and my mouth is dry. I can't talk anymore. <laughs> Sir. That is true. There we go. See, he's, he's got some gray hairs. He still has hair, but they're gray. <laughs> that means that he's been around the block, and he knows. He knows. You have to. That's very good. You have to be deliberate, and you have to schedule it. Don't be ashamed. It's not embarrassing. Deliberately and schedule it. Tell your wife, sit down with a calendar and say, on this day, we're going to do such a thing. Uh-oh. Alarm went off. That means we're about done. What else? That's great. Thank you for that. Deliberate and schedule it. What does that say? I can't read that back there, man. Five minutes? Okay. <laughs> I got no hair and I can't see. <clears throat> That's bad for a policeman, right? Can't see. If I take out my gun duck. <laughs> what else? I know I got some people in here that love vacations and you ain't speaking up. I'm looking at you. <laughs> vacations. We have some vacation. There we go. Vacations, right? You got to get away. Sometimes you got to get away. Some, it's very healthy. And, and in this church, we encourage family vacations, right? And once in a while, you got to do it without the kids, okay? Nothing wrong with that. What else? What else is popular that we can do? That's what we do. Who said that? There we go. Nick. Oh, yeah, advanced. <laughs> you're, you're already there? <laughs> at the golf course. I've, I've done that one at the golf course. Yes, sir. Oh, you do the same thing? That is true. That is true. Holding hands. I have my dog on one hand and Leanne on the other hand. Uh, sometimes I can't enjoy the walk that way. No, but that is true. We take walks. Me and Leanne have gotten the custom uh, at night, you know, after everything is said and done. We'll go for a walk for about a 20-minute walk. It's also good for your health. Leave the phones at home. Hmm, see, I got to start doing that. Pray together. Very important. Family that prays together stays together, right? It's like an apple a day. Keeps the devil away. What else do you guys do? Go to the bar together? Huh? What'd you say? Oh, read the Bible together. <laughs> Sorry. See, can't hear either. <laughs> That's <laughs> what happens when you're a cop for so long, you're trashed. All the shooting, I can't hear. <clears throat> that is true. Read the Bible together. That is an excellent idea. Very good. Date night. There we go. Date night. We can really get creative there. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Jules, Jules, have you noticed it was like that topic? 
<laughs> he started off with the pills, and now he's saying date night. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> honeymooning, that's right. That's right. That, that's the topic. Keep it honeymoon. Date night is very important. Get away alone with your spouse, you know. Leave the phones at home if possible. I know that's like pulling your teeth out for some of you. But believe me, you'll be fine. Yes, ma'am. Vacation. Oh, daycation. A day. Yeah, that's kind of like separating a whole day to be with your spouse. Excellent. Especially if they go to school. Take advantage. Don't go to work one day. Call out sick. No, I'm kidding. Don't call out sick. <laughs> well, you, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> spend the day together when the kids are at school. Go to the beach. That's free, by the way. Doesn't really involve money. Going to the beach is free. Going for a walk is free. Right? Riding bicycles is free. I got to buy bicycles. Right? A boat ride. Yes, be supportive of each other in all things. Our time is up, but we will take one more. Yes, sir. Take pictures everywhere, anytime. Take pictures together so that when she says you don't do anything for me, you can whip out the pictures. Hey, what, do you, what about this? What about that? Evidence. I like evidence. Evidence is a good thing. Evidence. Excellent idea. Our time together is finished, but if there's a couple of questions, maybe we can squeeze them in. Any questions? No questions. We've had a lot of information in this last day and a half, and you guys have no questions. Excellent, because I probably won't. I'm not sure if I can answer them, but no questions. Everybody's good. Everybody's happy. Everybody's children are perfect. Excellent. <laughs> See, I hit the soft spot there. Everybody's children, perfect. Good. All righty, I think we're supposed to head back towards the uh, main event room. Amen.